Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Charity Charge Show. Today, I'm excited to have my friend Katie Appold, who is the Executive Director of Do More Good and Nonprofit Hub. Katie, thanks so much for joining me on a podcast episode. Stephen, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I've really appreciated the collaboration and partnership we've had together and, um, you know, originally starting, you all had us on a, a webinar, which was really cool to be able to share out what Charity Charge was doing with your community of nonprofits. And we're excited to do the same here on this episode. Well, we really believe in what you guys are doing. Um, we work with a lot of small to mid-sized nonprofits, and we see too often that they are using credit cards that are personally guaranteed, or they just don't know where to start. So when you guys came along, we were like, hallelujah, we have something we can connect them with. That's awesome. I really appreciate you sharing that. And we it's also been great. I know that Do More Good uses Charity Charge. So that was that was super cool to, to be able to work with you directly in that manner. We do. And there is nothing better than going to a store or to a restaurant or just anytime I flip my card out and someone says, do more good. What's that? How That's do right. We did good? the custom branding for you yeah. all, which was great. And it was good to meet in person in Austin when you were down with Delaney. Um, only now I'm getting my times mixed up. Was that back in the fall? Gosh, yeah. that might've been six months ago or something. I think it was August or September. It was the NIO summit. Yeah. That's great. Well, tell us, I want to get into, you know, your background in the organization. Um, I'll just, you know, first to share with the audience that as an executive director, Katie leads Do More Good, which is the parent organization of Nonprofit Hub and Cause Camp, which collectively serves more than 50,000 nonprofits throughout North America. And for the audience that's listening, over the years, as I've continued to grow Charity Charge and just become more familiar with the ins and outs of the nonprofit industry, one of the really, I think, interesting and awesome things are nonprofits that are there to serve nonprofits, and that is their mission. So um, do you mind, I want you to obviously talk about, you know, your work specifically at with, with Do More Good, but also if you could talk about like why you were passionate in doing it, because I know you were an executive director of another nonprofit, and why is your work important? And, and maybe talk to us about some of your um, programs that do more good. Sure, sure. So my background is as the executive director for the small to mid-sized nonprofit. So my first ED role was leading a, a human um, service organization. It was a ministry, a Christian ministry, and we did everything from a free health clinic to a free dental clinic, homeless shelters, food pantries, you name it. And I went on to lead a schools foundation. And actually, I'm sorry, before that, I worked for a global Christian publisher that was a nonprofit. So I've been all over the place, but my heart is with the small to mid-sized nonprofit because I remember Googling everything. What are Robert's rules? What do I do in a board meeting? How do I make my nonprofit budget? So today to be able to lead an organization that provides so many of the answers and the solutions and even the templates that nonprofits need to do well man, it's an honor. I love what I do. I think it's so cool. I feel obviously our respective missions or the specificity of what we're each doing are unique, but I've loved being a part of Charity Charge and growing this 
because we play a small role, but also a critical role then to empower all of these different organizations across the country that are themselves doing that direct work. And so it's yeah. a cool, it's a cool feeling, but um, talk to us, like, what's that transition been like from, from leading that direct organization that's making that direct impact, um, you know, kind of on the end, uh, you know, mission area that they're serving versus then stepping into this role of, of do more good. I mean, and, and even as the executive director, how are your days spent differently? So it's a lot different. Um, in some ways, it's lovely. I, I work remotely and I work largely in a digital basis because 90% of everything we do is digitally distributed. So I'm not I'm not sweeping any floors. I'm not, you know, having to have tough conversations. And I don't miss those things from the front lines work. But I tell you what I do miss is seeing the impact of my days as they happen. Um, you know, the relationships that you build when you are working on the front lines in a nonprofit. So I savor the times that I can connect with our audience. Um, you know, we, we run Cause Camp, which is like our one in-person event each year. And that is a time to shake hands, to hear stories, and to really connect with the audience that we serve. We try to do it digitally too. Um, if you've ever attended one of our webinars, we have a pretty lively chat room and we try to pull out stories that way and connect as much as possible. Awesome. I know that coming up, you have Cause Camp. Um, can you talk to us about this year's Cause Camp? What are you excited about? Um, what are some of the highlights? So I'm excited to be in person. Um, this will be the first Cause Camp that we've been able to do in person since the pandemic started. So the last two have been totally virtual. And we're going to be in a new city. Um, Cause Camp has traditionally been held in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we're going to Grand Rapids, Michigan this year, which is an amazing, amazing place to hold an event. We say it's a city built on philanthropy because it's literally a metro region where nearly every, um, every piece of artwork, every building was brought to fruition through philanthropists. Um, they actually do a philanthropy tour through downtown Grand Rapids. So we thought that was a really cool destination for the conference. It's also just a fun place to party and to have a walkable community, all the things you want when you're going out of town. That's awesome. Um, can you talk to us? I want to, we'll, we'll focus more on a little bit on this, this year's cause camp. I'm curious, just because you're interacting with so many different organizations, what are some of the common challenges that you're seeing organizations face? Um, maybe more recently over the past year or two years or any common challenges? And then maybe if you could pick like, one, two, or three of those challenges, what are some of the solutions that you found have been helpful for those organizations? So I would say the largest challenge that we're seeing organizations face is a transition to majority digital. Mm -hmm. So pre-pandemic, um, the galas, the golf outings were still happening. The one-on-one -on -one coffee meetings with donors were still happening. And yes, those things are coming back and they're coming back strong, which is wonderful. But 
over those you know 18 months two years when the pandemic was at its peak people really had to communicate digitally and nonprofits had to raise their support digitally so we're seeing a lot of organizations who they're doing the right things but they need to tweak and perfect and test and learn how to do them better um, so we've kind of built cause camp to address a lot of those issues we have dana snyder talking about how you can take your mission and make it an online movement a digital movement and this is the gal that was the driving force behind Movember. I mean, she, she wow. knows what she's wow, talking wow. about. Sure. Yeah. And then we have Nathan Hill talking about, you know, why should I give to your organization and how can you communicate that digitally? So if you have no other way to connect with a donor other than email, what can you say and do in that email to one, make them open it, but two, connect with them in the message. We have Chris Hammond talking about how, I mean, and this is something I think is so often overlooked, but nonprofit leaders need a strong personal network to build a strong organization. So he's gonna talk about how to do that digitally using tools like LinkedIn, but also just, again, connecting with people via text and email and keeping relationships strong. We have Mark Ostash, who's also talking about hybrid work environments for nonprofits and how to make teams um, thrive and jive in that, which will be exciting. That's great. What has been, just curious internally, since you're an organization yourselves, um, do more good, what, what has been the biggest challenge for your organization over the past year? Has it been these same things or uh, different things internally? You know, and I do will... you lean on your network? It's like, cause you have such, what's that, what's that feedback loop with your own members? I mean, are they ever giving you tips and advice and how are you learning from them? So we hear, we hear from our members and our membership platform, um, all the time. They, they're pretty vocal about what they need. And I would say 90% of the requests we get are still related to fundraising. Now they run the gamut in terms of what type of fundraising and what the specific question is. We had one that came in this morning, you know, sustainable giving is a hot topic right now. Um, the younger generations tend to give gifts more spontaneously. So how can we engage this up and coming generation of philanthropists so that they're giving regularly and they're giving in a sustained fashion? So that's, I mean, that's just one example. I think we all kind of struggle with the same things in the nonprofit sector and that's that we're all wearing too many hats. Um, and, you know, part of that is the privilege of wearing many hats. There's not many fields where you get to do as many things as we do. But with that comes burnout and comes, you know, some fatigue. And also no one can be good at everything. Um, so that's, I know that's something we feel on our team that we also hear from our membership. And I think it's pretty prevalent throughout the whole sector. Talk to me then about your board. Because I know when we were together in person, you were talking to us a bit about um, your founder um, and how you know, how, how big of a role he's played. Um, can you talk to me also about just the importance of boards and how you, how both do more good, but also you've seen other successful member organizations leverage their boards? Sure. I, I'm going to be totally candid. We we're struggling a little bit. 
Um, we have a really tiny board and I wouldn't say they are heavily involved, but we are working um, pretty diligently to change that and to grow the board. Our founder is involved. Um, I think he cares deeply about, about what we're doing. He also published a book this year called Do More Good. So same name as the organization. Wow. It's, it's an amazing book. Um, in fact, if you sign up for Cause Camp, you get a discounted price on it when you when you register. You know, so his involvement has been steady and it's been good, um, but we're still figuring it out. We've actually leaned pretty heavily into developing curriculum for boards because we know we need it ourselves. So we have a board basics course where we brought in experts from around the nation to teach short lessons on how boards can improve and um, we actually had a webinar a couple weeks ago that almost set a record in terms of registrations, and it was on board engagement. Um, we actually put it on our on-demand page, so you can check it out there. But I think this whole board thing, I mean, I don't want to keep going back to the pandemic, but I think it put some strain on boards. And I think, again, with some generational turnover, we're all kind of figuring this out and we're all struggling a little bit. No doubt about it. Well, I appreciate you being straightforward about it um, because it's hard. You know, it's I'm been really challenging liar, so. the past <laughs> the past couple of years. And I also, you know, sit in an interesting s- spot where I developed a lot of personal relations, well, per- professional, and then therefore have turned into personal relationships with a variety of ex- executive directors of organizations. And I'm continuously... Um, shouldn't say I'm not surprised anymore by how stressed out they can be managing the board, dealing with employees, dealing with donors and all of that, you know, and I think there's a lot of pressure to put on a really happy face being the executive director of an organization, but it can be really lonely. And I think that, you know, people obviously that start businesses, for-profit businesses face their own set of pressures, but I, I truly think it's more challenging running a nonprofit organization than, than a for-profit business. Um, so I think it's good that we have more of this conversation about, um, just the realities of what's going on behind the scenes. I totally agree. I, and I love the comparison you made with the for-profit to nonprofit because one of the big differentiators is just how transparent nonprofits have to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we joke if we're not getting asked about it, we're getting audited, you know, there's, that's a great, that's a great one. Yeah. I mean, I would tell you it has both sides of it. Your, your point, your point is well made. I think that part of my, I mean, I can, um, you know, share whatever I want to share or not. I mean, we're in a really good spot with charity charge from like a growth perspective, revenue perspective, whatever, but we certainly weren't this way always, especially when we started, you know, but I, um, always felt, you know, people say like, how are you doing? It's like, we're great. You know? And it's just like, I had very few people in the early years that I really could relate to and, and also just share like the intimate challenges that we were facing, you know, or sometimes like how little cash was in the bank and like those like really, you know, significant issues of like, are we going to need to shut the business down or not? Or like, you know, what's happening. Um, but you always want to show strength, like, especially when you're um, early on, because you're just trying to vie for 
you know, in our case, like new customers and things of that sort. And obviously when you're starting organizations, like you, you need to get off the ground. And so like you, you need supporters to believe in you, but like nobody wants to give their money to something or sponsor something that they think isn't going to be around. Um, I mean, that's a blanket statement, of course, but uh, it's just kind of interesting what, how organizations are grown over time and just the, the life cycle, the challenges they face. They're big. They're, they're not insignificant. That's for sure. So one of the things I want to come back to cause camp, um, how many organizations are you expecting to, to be there? And um, are there any other, I know you talked about a bunch of the speakers, but are there any other um, just general, like fun types of things people are going to be doing? What, what can people look, look forward to other than um, some of the speakers you mentioned in terms of, you know, maybe collaborating or, or talking amongst themselves? I think it's just a cool spot as we talk about this, like you're going to be bringing together all these nonprofit leaders. I'm sure it's just a time for them just to learn from one another and mingle. It's, it's definitely going to be some really good networking. That's for sure. We'll have around 300, probably a little bit more than that. Um, awesome. Attendees at DeVos Place, which is a gorgeous venue. Um, and we're doing, you know, we're doing a two day event and we have all the typical things like keynotes and breakout sessions. But we understand too that nonprofits haven't seen each other in a lo- really long time. So both days there's after conference networking events. Um, one is a happy hour on the first day and we're not even, you don't even have to leave. Um, you just walk out on the patio of the conference center which overlooks a beautiful river and we're gonna have live music. The second day we're taking over an arcade um, and it's all the games you can play and just another time to kind of share a drink and some food and conversation with our peers. That's awesome. I think it's going to be a really great event. I think it's it's wonderful that you're pulling this together. Um, is there anything else? I know that you're an active member of the Grand Rapids Young Nonprofit Professionals, and we get a lot of you know people that are interested um, in the podcast or just what we're doing with the Charity Charge are students that are considering careers in the nonprofit sector. I'm just curious if you think back, kind of on your career to you know, becoming executive director of these past two organizations. Um, what advice do you give when, when young individuals reach out that are interested in, in joining a nonprofit? So one big trend that I've seen, and it's a trend that actually our organization follows when we're hiring, don't, um, don't be afraid to put education in your resume that is non-traditional. Um, So it's really easy nowadays to find certificate programs and online courses that give you hands-on technical experience in a Mm -hmm. lot of the things that you'll be doing for a nonprofit. And there's no shame if it doesn't have a degree or, um, you know, some higher education credit to it. Still go for those things and still include them on your resume because it shows effort And this is, I mean, this is a tough labor market. So if you want to get involved in the nonprofit sector right now, raise your hand, you will get hired. Um, And again, the more you can show that you've put time into learning the valuable and relevant skills, it doesn't need to have a degree attached to it. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Can you tell us, um, I know that there is a special code 
for nonprofits that are interested in attending cause camp? What is that? It's so simple. It's charity charge. And that, that will give you 20 bucks off any ticket. That's great. We really appreciate you doing that. So I, I highly urge anyone listening and nonprofits that are part of the Charity Charge Network to head over to Cause Camp. Um, how to pull up causecamp.org? Um, nope. It's just, it's incredibly simple, but it's kind of confusing. It's cause.camp. Dot camp. Here I am. Okay. I had it up and then I closed out of the tab. Cause.camp. Yeah, that who is knew extremely, you can have a dot camp URL? I had no clue. That is amazing. It is amazing. I yeah. will tell you it's a little confusing too, but yeah, cause.camp. Awesome. You can get your pass there. Use code charity charge. Katie, is there anything else that you would, would like to share or how can you know organizations just get more involved or people get involved with Do More Good? Well, as crazy as it sounds, if you want to get more involved, go to nonprofithub.org. That is the platform through which we distribute all of our content and 90% of everything we do is totally free for nonprofits. So you can find guides, webinars, blogs, podcasts, you name it, um, all the tools you need to do more good. That's awesome. This is great. I really love what you're doing. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's highly, highly needed, especially as we just see the growth of nonprofit organizations, which is my final question for you. So, and I bet you, you get this a lot. So I think you're the perfect person to answer it, but I have people approach me all the time that say, Hey, Steven, I have this idea for this nonprofit and I want to start it. And it's, we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. And a lot of times I just want to say to them, why, you know, have you considered partnering with a new nonprofit, um, joining the board of another one. So I'm just curious, what advice or sort of thought process would you suggest someone go through if they're thinking of starting a brand new nonprofit? So we actually have a course on this. Um, we wow. have to start a nonprofit course, but I will tell you the first lesson is basically trying to talk you out of it. Um, not because you don't have a brilliant idea or you don't have a solution that our world needs, but a nonprofit route is a really hard route. And we also have a little bit of an issue with duplication of services, which once you get into the sector, you'll hear that terminology all the time. And it basically means, um, you know, is what you're doing already being done by another organization? In which case, join their board, volunteer, team up, collaborate, try to work together. Um, and again, there are causes that need to be developed as nonprofits. And if that's the case, you know, I would just be prepared to persevere because it's not an easy route. Um, we too often get the question, where do I find a startup grant for my nonprofit? I will tell you, I have never, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've started two nonprofits. I've never heard of anyone getting a startup grant. Um, unless you have something that is like technologically pioneering, it's probably not going to happen. So be prepared to start it like you would a business. Um, find those initial investors, get those first stakeholders who are willing to volunteer, invest their time, if nothing else and be prepared to persevere. Great advice. We could all use a little more perseverance. 
yeah. in this yeah. world. I wish it was easier. Yeah, but no, I appreciate you sharing the truth, just like you said you do. So Katie, thank you so much for coming on this episode of the Charity Charge Show. It was really a pleasure to have you here and continue to grow our uh, professional and personal friendship. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure, Stephen. Once again, everyone, this is Stephen Garten with the Charity Charge Show with our guest, Katie Apple, the Executive Director of Do More Good and Nonprofit Hub. All right. Thanks for now. Take care.